Live from the Table, the official podcast of the world-famous Comedy Cellar Comedy Club, coming at you on Sirius XM 99, Raw Dog, and the Laugh Button Podcast Network. This is Dan Natterman. With me, Periel Ashenbrand is here, our producer. I'm here. Uh, I'll tell you who's not here is Noam Dwarman because he is sick. We don't know how sick, um, but he is sick. And he, too sick to zoom in, I guess, because he's not zooming in either. So... It's just me and Periel and uh, Nicole Lyons and we and Brian Scott McFadden will be yeah. joining us very soon. Did you send me a bio for Brian? I did not. Do you? Would you like? I to I, I can wing it. I know. You know. We can just. We don't need one. I, I figured that um, as a longtime friend of the show and yeah, we'll 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 we'll, we'll wing a, a bio. We don't. I mean, you're big on bios. That's not really my main thing. Well, I just like everybody to be situated. I feel like... Oh, I want to give a fan shout-out because a fan tweeted at me that he really liked the show and I thought he might appreciate a, a shout-out. Oh, that's nice. Um, let's see here. Jamie Draper. or I, It's J-A-I-M-E. That's Jamie or Jem? J-A-I-M-E. I mean, in, in French, that would be Jem, but... Is, I as, think uh, as Jamie, Jamie Draper uh, said, uh, love the show, uh, he tweeted to me. So we'll just give him a shout-out. Um... You know, because I think he'd appreciate it. Anyway, Jamie Draper, thank you for listening. If you're, I assume you're listening to this episode also. Um, uh, Periel alerted me to a news item this week that I was unaware of that she found fascinating. Apparently, there's a trial involving <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow. Paltrow or Paltrow? Yeah, go ahead. I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but Gwyneth Paltrow. So I read up yeah. on it, and it, it was a ski accident. She, yeah. Her and another skier collided, and the debate is whether she hit him or he hit her. Right, that's that's the debate. And he's suing her for $300,000 um, and is saying that he um, has, has brain damage. And, um, I mean, the whole thing is insane. Well, why, well, first of all, what you just said is not insane at all. So get what's the insane part? Well, first of all, there's no evidence. I think, or I guess, I guess the trial is about did he bump into the her? the trial as I have read it is about did he bump into her or did she bump into him? Mm-hmm. That that's really all I know about it, uh, and that he's a retired optometrist, and that she's suing him for one dollar. And I did see a clip where like, <laughs> like the lawyer asked her if she got the idea of suing for one dollar from Taylor Swift because yeah. she had sued somebody yeah. for one dollar. It's like a symbolic thing. Yeah, and then and she said, "Well, we're not really that good friends." And then the lawyer was like saying, "Oh, by the you know, I'm sure you have a really nice, um, like she was saying that you were dressed in uh, goggles and a ma- you look like every other skier on the hill with your goggles and mask." And Gwyneth said, "Yes, I try to do that." And she said, "Well, I'm sure you had a very nice ski outfit." It was a weird conversation. The whole thing is cockamamie. I don't. I don't. Again, I don't think the whole thing is cockamamie. There was I'm, a ski accident, and now we've got to get to the people bot- get into ski accidents. all Yeah, the but time. if somebody was legitimately seriously injured, that is a legitimate lawsuit. If okay, if I haven't if, seen the lawsuit, right, so it's not cockamamie on its face. Well, it's it, cockamamie if we find out that the whole thing was made up, or that he lied, or that 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 he actually crashed into her and right. not the other way around. But just the facts that I know, it's. Not cockamamie. What's cockamamie is a lawyer saying, I bet you have a really nice ski suit. But that's what I'm trying to tell you is that the whole thing, she also said, oh, how tall are you? Five, yeah. Th- that wow, part, That part was odd. And I love but your shoes. But the whole thing. Well, when I whole, say the whole thing, I mean uh, the no, whole. No, the whole thing to me means the whole thing. Anyway, <laughs> um, I actually met, I never met Gwyneth Paltrow. I met her mother, Blythe Daner, at Otto, which is a restaurant that was yeah. owned by Mario Batali. I've been there. But I don't think he owns it anymore. I, I think it's closed down. It is. Yeah, I think it's an auto in the auto. Village, yeah. I really enjoyed that restaurant. But I was with <laughs> Avi Lieberman. But Blythe Danner was there ordering food. Right. And I just um, say hi. Yeah, I said I just was talking to her. You know, uh, as if I didn't know who she. I knew exactly who she was. But she was like, "Yeah," I, I said I was a comedian. She said, "Oh, you know, my husband was so funny," and um, you know, he he wasn't a comedian, but he was a director, I guess that. I, I don't know if he directed any Bruce Paltrow. I don't know if he directed any comedies or not. Okay. But um, and then she said, "My my name is Blythe," and I said, "I'm Dan." I mean, like I pretended like I didn't know who she was, and 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 then Avi, then but Avi came in a little bit later and said, "Oh, you're Blythe Danner." Um, so anyway, and that was that, my my limited uh, exchange with her. That's well, your but she was very lovely. Is uh, is I guess is all I can say about it. Um, 
Okay, mm-hmm. can we get back to this trial a little bit, though? Because I feel like... Well, there, what about the trial? There are a lot of things that... I'm not the only one who's saying this whole thing is cockamamie. Like, the whole thing has gone viral on Instagram with all well, of what, these What memes. precisely is cockamamie about it? So, that at one point... I mean, it's you have to be so wealthy... I think, to be able to, like, even take any of this seriously, the way that it's being presented. They said, oh, well, you really suffer, didn't you? And Gwyneth Paltrow said, well, I... Isn't Gwyneth the one is the one who's being sued, I believe? Correct. So she has no choice. She has to... I think so. I think She has so. to show up. Yeah. Now, she's countersuing, I think, on principle, because she's saying, you're suing me frivolously. Although they found some chat room in which somebody and and also none of the lawyers could find this chat room but there was a chat room which is particular to this ski this luxury ski resort in Utah in which um s- some internet like tech guy just like logged in and it there was like you know this thread about how she was the one who bumped into him. Okay, okay, and, but but that's a chat room that doesn't get us anywhere. Well, apparently it's a key piece of evidence in the trial now. A chat room? Yeah. Is a key piece of evidence? Mm-hmm. Because? Because there was a witness now. Okay, oh, there's a witness, there's a witness. Okay, there's a witness. Well, let's see what the witness has to say on the stand. Right. When the witness gets to the stand. This whole thing, by the way, took place a few years ago. Yeah, in like 2017 or something. Yeah, so... Um, anyway, so they said to her that, you this know... This is not fresh powder. Folks, <laughs> they said to her, oh, well, you know, you really suffered or whatever. And she said, well, I did lose half a day of skiing. OK, well, I yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm she's countersuing, I assume, for a dollar. Yes. But I think to to. I don't know why she's on what basis. Well, I that don't she lost know, half a day of skiing. I don't know that she's being sued frivolously. She said that um, she she said that it's not a symbolic dollar that she actually wants the dollar. Well, I'll have to look more into this um, <laughs> this whole thing on its face. Uh, on I its guess. face, what do you think? It says on its face, Gwyneth Paltrow fly, uh, files countersuit. She's fighting back. She uh, claims he skied into her. She sustained a full body blow, and um, she was shaken and upset and quit skiing for the day, even though it was still morning, said the claim. Which is apparently very out of character for her. What's out of character? To not ski for the rest of the day. To not ski for the rest of the day. Well, it's out of character for, I think, most people to just ski a little bit. Once you buy that lift ticket, usually you stay at least half the day. <laughs> Do you? Are you a skier? Uh, no, not anymore. I was as a kid. We- I, I haven't skied since. The uh, the last time I skied was at the Aspen Comedy Festival. I think it was 1998 when I was at the HBO Aspen Comedy Festival. Oh, that's Brian McFadden. Uh, where, there, where there was, you know, the idea was to discover new talent. And uh, I was there with a lot of people that have since become very, very big. Um, Pat Oswalt was there. Mm-hmm. Um, Bob Odenkirk was there. Dave, oh, Chappelle, wow. Dave Chappelle, I believe, was there. Tracy Morgan had just booked SNL and he wow. was there. And I was in a hot tub with Adam Sandler at the Ritz Carlton. This was all back in like 97, 98 at the Aspen Comedy Festival. And um, that's the last time I skied. But I got a joke out of it Go because ahead. the joke was I, I said, you know, that I skied the Black Diamond Trail, which is the most difficult. Yeah. And I said, well, I was so steep and I had it, I, I could barely get down it. I had this like, and then I found out that, that they have trails that are double black diamond. I'm like, what, they got landmines on those trails? <laughs> Which was, you know, and then I just, I, like, I think I added like, what, they got snipers shooting at oh. you from the trees, you know? Um, it joke worked very, very well in Aspen. In Aspen. Uh, right. I've tried it not in Aspen and it doesn't work as well. More lukewarm response. More lukewarm response because you're not right there in a skiing right. environment. And not everybody's familiar with the, with the ski code. The, right. The, the um, you know, the green circle is the easiest, and the blue square, well, and the black diamond. Is right, the right, right, the right, expert. right. So, um, speaking. But anyway, that was the last time I skied, um, and that was quite a while ago. Um, it's a dangerous sport. Well, I'm a clumsy, uncoordinated person, and I never got seriously injured. Knock on wood. I think it's dangerous. Uh, I think it's it it can be made safe if you're careful and you ski within your your ability. My friend, speaking of ski injuries at exclusive resorts, my friend um, Kat, who you know, I know was, Kat, yeah. was just in Chamonix. 
and her friends yeah and her friend broke her leg yeah skiing. yeah you can like certainly last week no question about it it can be dangerous but like like many things it can also the danger can be mitigated by skiing within your limits knowing your limitations being careful right. not skiing double black diamonds when you're right. a beginner i'm a bunny um, hill kind you know of girl. and uh, th- uh, brian scott mcfadden is here th- finally he's no. no, I mean that the for the previous two times we booked you, you didn't, you couldn't make it, but now you are here. Working, hi. And he brought with him a pizza with ham and pineapple. I know. Go ahead, pillory me. No, I'm not pillorying you, but if you if you must chew, please chew off mic. Yeah, of course. Hello, Brian McFadden. Brian Scott McFadden. Everybody is a comedian. He's an actor, and he's he 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 he's a voiceover artist. Which is how you've made most of your income, I think, over your career. Is yeah, that correct? Unfor- yeah, unfortunately, I did very well in that field, uh, <laughs> which actually uh, hurt my other things. I was focused more on that, because when you're the Honey Nut Cheerio Bee, or the Eminem Peanut, or the Serta Sheep, or the voice of, uh, what That's else? That's quite a resume. Qu- Quiznos. Quiznos tastes better. I was, uh, <laughs> I was the wacky, I was Wendy's. I did all the Wendy's commercials for years. Because no one in New York could do a, a, a surfer dude. So all the uh, new wacky wind-ups from Wendy's. There's one in every pack. Collect all six. You know, like, I did lots of those. And, uh, yeah, I was doing that. I wasn't auditioning for sitcoms, which I should have been doing, right? <laughs> well, I uh, yeah, but, you know, many people that audition for sitcoms yeah. book them. And then, you know, just, just to... Uh, for the uninitiated, um, you audition typically for a pilot. That's an episode of a mm-hmm. sitcom that is a test episode. Mm-hmm. And then the network looks at that episode and decides whether they want the pilot to become a series. Mm-hmm. Most pilots don't become series. Right. So all the people I know that audition for sitcoms, some of them book pilots, and very few of those pilots got picked up for series. And of those, not a whole lot lasted very long. So you probably made more money yeah. than you... You know, th- right. I mean, you put away some good cash. I did, I did. I bought an apartment on the Upper West Side of Manhattan, and uh, so, but I could have, uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm sort of like, I, uh, I was a joke in my act that I'm. People introduce me. Uh, this is one of comedy's best kept secrets. You know <laughs> what I mean? Which I, which is anonymity is not something you want to cultivate in this industry. Like, if there's any quality you want to sell, be your selling point. It's not. But if you l- can have, a, if you can have a nice apartment, the anonymity isn't so bad. That's good for you, Dan, because you're you're a big name in this field. You want you want Dan wants a lower profile, obviously, because he's no. mobbed by girls and fans all the I'm time. I'm just saying, <laughs> you're doing your you're doing your standup and yeah. enjoying it, yeah. and you're not homeless. Yeah, so that's all true. told, it's that's the standard. Okay, good. Yes. Yeah, well, yes. you know what? <laughs> not, not, that's not, not so bad. That's not so bad. <laughs> no, there is something to be said for not living on the street. You're right. There is definitely something. But what? what, what but what? What? So, what are your dreams and aspirations now? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, other than getting through this podcast um, <laughs> right now, I'm trying to live in the moment. So I'm not looking past this podcast. I'm trying to desperately okay, just fair. like I don't. I don't want to put pressure on myself. If this goes well, then I build. That's my point. These are the jokes, Dan. Okay. Uh, this is what- <laughs> I just like that Dan's looking on the bright side. Yeah. Um, No, but what are my dreams? You know, I I love working on projects. I like, you know, um, I want to do, like, I want to go, you know what I want to do? And this is not even a joke. I've had this obsession lately with the fact that um, British actors are taking all of our jobs. This is not even a bit. This is, I do a bit about this, but I'm annoyed that the Brits are Mm -hmm. taking our jobs. Okay, they talk about the Mexicans coming here and taking our jobs. If Trump had wanted to build a wall around the, the Globe Theater in London, I, I would have voted for him. Because the, the Brits are taking all the jobs. They could not get an American actor to play um, uh, Nixon or Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Isn't they, does anyone think that there's anything weird about the fact that the most American presidents of all time, Lincoln and Nixon, and we couldn't find an American actor? So I... I want to play. I want to play Brits, right? Like, I'd like to go to England and start doing TV there and start playing and being the guy who does the reverse of that. That's what I'd like to do. So I've been working on it, and I try to get. To, I want to get some auditions and start doing British TV and be the American guy who's totally fooling the Brits. Now, of course, there's people right now listening to this who are critiquing my accent. <laughs> from England, and going, and those Americans are going, that's pretty good, but uh, Brits are going, no, I I don't know if he's really nailing it, you know what I mean, but I'd like to do, I want to do like a film or a TV show where I play a British guy, that's that's basically, I want to be a British guy in an American TV show who's not, so we can take the jobs back, we've got to fight our for our rights as as, as Americans. Well, they've taken a lot of hosting jobs, I mean, you know. Everything. (laughs) 
they're taking it all, Dan. It's not just hosting jobs. They're taking, they're, they're playing. You go watch Ozark. There's a you see a West Virginia coal miner. Uh, this is a yeah we well it, it's it's been going on for a long time. Bro. No, I know that. Do you know that Scarlett O'Hara? Yes, was played by an English woman. Yes, exactly. Scarlett O'Hara yeah, yeah, from exactly. Gone with the Wind, the ultimate Southern Belle, outrageous. was played by Vivian Lee, who was English, mm-hmm. and Ashley Wilkes. Mm-hmm. I believe likewise was English. And that's the most offensive thing about that film. Yes. <laughs> right, there's some, there's some, people have other issues, but right. you, that's, that's the one I you, zone in on. Yes, the mm-hmm. fact that they had to go overseas, and they didn't even make the slightest attempt at a no. Southern accent. No. Ashley talked like no. the, oh, Scarlet, Scarlet, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know nothing of love. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How is that a Southerner? No, there's not even, it's not even close. It's embarrassing, is what it is. It's, it's very But it's been going on for a long time. It's been going on for a very long time, but no, I don't think it's ever been as prevalent now because they, I mean, in that situation, they weren't even doing, but now they're doing our accents, but we're not doing theirs. Mm-hmm. There's no crossover because American actors well, suck you, at it. You, you know, um, well, uh, 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 Renee Zellweger played a British. Yes, that, that, uh, the, thank you the, for zooming in on the one. Uh, Meryl Streep nailing whatever she does. Uh, she played the queen, whatever. It, it, awesome. There's a handful of, uh, of other, but you can give a million like I was saying, the, the Ozark show, you see a guy, yeah, I work on the coal mines and uh, my son got hooked on fentanyl and my whole family's been devastated. And then the guy's on the Tonight Show, he's like, oh, well, basically what I was doing with that Billy Bob character is I was trying to get into him. You know, I went to Oxford and I studied, but I felt a lot of kinship with Billy Bob. And I'm like, this is not right. See, how are you, that's not your lived experience. You know, that's the big thing. You, ha- you can't play a character unless it's your lived experience. <laughs> Which means that I don't know what this is. I can only do player comedians who do podcasts in the middle of the uh, uh, you know at, at dusk. Is anyone listening to me? Is it uh, why is there no laughter? Well, there, uh, there's, is there's there a laugh, a laugh track, track on the show? I, I'm track. joking. I know. That. Uh, so Brian, but um, are, are now, but you've you're 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 you've sort of de-emphasized voiceover mm-hmm. now, and you well, and you. I haven't. I haven't de-emphasized. The industry has, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. Farrell and I were talking briefly about the Gwyneth Paltrow ski accident. Oh, right. What happened? Uh, I didn't. Well, what happened? That's what we need to know. That's yeah. why we have a trial. Uh, uh, Gwyneth oh, right. and an opto- uh, retired optometrist yeah. collided. Okay. What now, the- I guess a joke could be made that the optometrist didn't didn't <laughs> see Gwyneth. Oh, wait. Uh, so an optometrist? <laughs> I see. I see. I can't keep up with everything. A, a retired optometrist mm-hmm. with a perhaps a bad prescription. I don't know. Yeah, okay. Collided with Gwyneth Paltrow. Right. He says actually that she collided with him. Right, of course. Yes. Depends on who has more money. She says he collided with her, and yeah. that is the trial. Yeah. And it's been. It's come to this. It's it's, it's been. It's not. It's not quite OJ, is it? You know what I no, mean? No, it's <laughs> not quite OJ, but it is celebrities. If, if the and, and some doesn't the, fit, you must acquit. And, right. <laughs> and and there were some bizarre questions yeah. asked to Gwyneth, like, um, "How tall are you?" And um, right. Uh, what was another? Bizarre? Are you still dating the guy from Coldplay? Right. I don't know if right. I got into that, but anyway, that's what we were and discussing. Do you still have candles that smell like your vagina. That's good. Well, oh, she, the goop. They, the they goop. did. They did talk about how she got um, ozone rectal therapy. There was some. Was that in the trial? I maybe. Anyway, we were talking about the trial. I don't want to get bogged down to the trial, but we, that's what we were discussing when you walked in with your Hawaiian pizza. Mm-hmm. Um. But anyway, so but but that's interesting. You're talking about the in, the the voiceover industry. What happened to the voiceover industry? A lot of things. Um, it used to be uh, it used to be that uh, you could uh, if you wanted to be in voiceovers, you had to be in New York, Chicago, or Los Angeles, and that's where all the recording studios were. And my father was a big voiceover actor. He was Snarf on the Thundercats, which I've talked about a million times on numerous podcasts. They always right. ask, and he was also Frankenberry, and he was also the voice of Frankenberry cereal, and so. When my uh, dad was doing voiceovers, there was like five guys who did all the voices for everything you saw on TV. And my father was one of them. He had a great career. And he was on so many commercials and cartoons. And and there was like in New York, you had to live in New York or Los Angeles because my father would – we lived in Jersey at the time. He commuted in. He'd audition for eight things a day. And he'd always book like one or two of them. He had network national commercials. We had a very lovely house. We, he did very well. He was he came from nothing. He worked in a steel mill. And my, <laughs> I want to play some sad music, right? As my father, my Rudy, my father's Rudy story is, is yeah. But then he became successful, and that was the voiceover business. When I got into it, I auditioned five, six times a day. The, you How old be, were you when you started? Uh, in my twenties, you know, when I got out of college, and so that, and now. Uh, 
because of the internet, once again, just like everything else, the internet sort of disrupted the, the industry. And so it, someone in Iowa whose rent is like $400 can, can audition for the same thing that I'm auditioning for online, and they'll offer to pay him $400 for something that I would have gotten 20 grand for back in the 80s or 90s. You know, so it's, uh, the business has gone a lot very non-union. There's uh, way more competition. There's people all over the country, hundreds of people auditioning for one thing, you know, and as talented and gifted and, and gifted and, and, and prodigiously funny as I am, you know, the numbers is a difficult thing to audition. You know, so you audition for, and there's not as many commercials and, the, and there's not as many network national commercials and they don't pay as well. So it's a big... Uh, big fragmenting of right. the industry, but but thankfully you got you you got. I had a good year. I had some a good very run. good. You had a good run while the yeah. getting was good. I I used to audition for commercials. Yeah, uh, every now and again for voiceover. I'm people, sorry, I miss that. People always <laughs> tell tell me that my voice is interesting and that I should do like voiceover, but I never did never, any of that. Yeah. Well, yeah. you're a great. You you also have a great radio host voice, like the. Intro. I think I have a good voice for traffic and weather. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> Seriously, we're backed up all the way to exit seven on the BQE. Yeah, exactly. Take the upper I deck. Can see that? Yeah, it's perfect. You could be the wacky weather traffic guy. You know, I can see that. I, I yeah. Slow that, going on the upper deck of the GW Bridge. There you go. Look at that. He's a natural, ladies and gentlemen. I uh, had one voiceover job, which mm-hmm. was I got hired to do the voice of a bra. A bra. A bra. Okay, and? It was funny. They wanted, like, <laughs> this, like, Jewy, broad yeah. voice. Yeah, and? Uh, and they got it. And you got it. Okay. <laughs> what were the lines? That's what I wanted. Oh, God, know. I don't remember. Oh. I don't remember. I don't remember. No, because I was the king of talking animals. I made a list of all the talking animals I've done over the years. A rabbit, a kangaroo, a flea, a cockroach, uh, a, a, a cow, a sheep, a rabbit. A sh- a well, pit. you were the honeybee. I was a honey nut Cheerios honeybee. Yes. Honey nut Cheerios. Now, how did you decide? Now, if you, could you tell us what voice you used for the honeybee? Uh, at the and time, how you came up with the voice? Okay, well, the, the, uh, I always tell people who ever want to do cartoon voices, you know, sometimes I used to have a technique, which I don't even do anymore, but I, but I used to do it, where you would contort your body. <laughs> you would contort your body or your face. Scrunch up your face right now, Dan. Okay, I'm now do the scrunch. voice that comes out of that. Hello. My name is the, uh, my name is R- Ronnie the Rhinoceros. Yeah, see that? Now, that's slightly different. He does it, He's just trying it out now. But a lot of times you'll do a, you'll, you'll contort your voice and then, hi, my name is Freddy and what are they? You know, and you'll do a, a voice will come out of that. And it could be like, uh, hi, my name is Fred and I, you know, and you'll be a monster or something like that. Sometimes you, you'll contort your voice. And so I had this stretch run where no one could do a surfer dude. In fact, I did Keanu Reeves' voice for Bill and Ted's Excellent Cereal. They actually came out with a cereal because Bill and Ted's, uh, cere- Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure came out. It was such a hit. So they needed, they wanted to put out a cereal. Don't ask me why. It wasn't my decision. But they came out with a cereal. And Keanu, of course, they would have had to pay like a million dollars, two million dollars or something at the time. And so they got me to do it for scale, SAG scale. <laughs> and so if you see the commercial, I think it's on YouTube. It's uh, me going, uh, it's got cinnamon notes and marshmallow notes. It's the most excellent way to start your day, you know. And that was me doing that. And I made a living just on surfer dudes for like like a stretch run of like you became known as a surfer dude. I was like the surfer dude guy obviously Sean Penn would have cost a lot Whatever. more as well yeah exactly and for some reason no Ameri- did, did no- Sean Penn invent this was a discussion I was I having know, with Spicoli somebody thing, yeah. did, Spicoli thing is like whenever somebody thinks yeah. of a surfer dude from California mm-hmm. they do the voice of Spicoli mm-hmm. did Sean Penn invent that or was that already the stereotypical surfer voice Prior to I think to I read Spicoli. an interview with him where he said he based on, on all of his friends or people that he knew really? no, so I don't know you know yeah, probably came from somewhere. Mm-hmm. I, I also wonder about, um, I used to wonder about where um, Archie Bunker got his voice. Oh, jeez, But then I heard a fireman on, after 9-11, there was a fireman yeah. that was talking, yeah. and he sounded like Archie Bunker. Absolutely. So I said, oh, I guess that's how people talk from Queens. Oh, yeah, that's, huh? exa- yeah, that's exactly oh, how people. Oh, stop yourself, dear. Huh? And then he just, like, tuned it up to, yeah. t- to 11, if yeah, you yeah. will. yeah. Um, yeah, and 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 came up with and that. So I, I I did that, and I would do uh, the Honey Nut Cheerio B, and then I went through this weird period where I was just doing like uh, the Honey Nut Cheerio B. They said it was a B, mm-hmm. so you think Buzz 
So it's got to be something up here in this register. So it was like it's got. Well, you it, think that, but yeah. bees, but bees might have a baritone voice. Yes, they might, like Barry they, White. Well, see, I, that's a, you know, they, you know like like Abe Lincoln. Everybody assumes yeah. Abe Lincoln said right. Or school, but apparently Abe Lincoln had a tinny voice. Right. So he sounded like he Paul sounded, Lynn. This yeah, what you're saying? A little bit. He's four <laughs> score seven years ago. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> oh, our forefathers. But so we assume that the bee has a a buzzy. You voice. assume. But you don't know. We you don't just know. give them options. Okay. You know, so, so you give them options, and so you'll do something like, uh, "It's got a bigger, you know, it's got a, it's got a bigger taste and a better crunch, even more for your big mouth to munch." Which they wanted a high-voiced, car- cartoony character. Now, if you watch a lot of these things, they're more natural. Mm-hmm. They don't want cartoony. So I don't know what. See, if you watch the M and M's now, they're like, "Hey, Fred, you know how you doing, Bill? You know right. what I mean?" It's like it's like they're construction workers, so you know. So if you watch those commercials now, a lot of that stuff has gone out of favor. So they and then now the one cartoon voiceover artist that everybody knows, of course, is Mel Blanc. Yeah, right? Mel Blanc. Yeah. Is he considered like a genius? Yeah, Mel, my father told me Mel Blanc. All those characters that you see, this is what's funny about Mel Blanc. He was a. My father said what made Mel Blanc so great was he was he was now not to say that. This is a weird way of putting it, but my father said he was he was a bad mimic. Mm-hmm. So all those characters you see are bad impersonations of old radio characters and actors that you would see. So all those guys that he's voices like um, Bugs Bunny, I go, well, Dad, who's Bugs Bunny? My father used to always break this down for me. He'd go, Bugs Bunny is um, uh, the guy from the East Side Kids, uh, Leo Gorsi and Hunts Hall. There was these old serial mm-hmm. t- black and white things. And he would, uh, hey. Hey, what are you doing there, huh? You know, like he, he had that high voice. Yeah. Uh, hey, what's up, Doc? You know, and that and that was basically an impersonation oh, of him. Okay. But it was, but it wasn't that great. It was just captured this essence of something. Not to say that Mel couldn't impersonate anybody. He was a great mimic as well. But 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 I'm sure. But all those voices, dr- deputy, do- not deputy dog. He did, uh, you know, all the all those like those the, the all, all the um. What's what call it? The Warner Brothers cartoons that he did the voice for were a lot of those were characters. Which is characters actors. that he just t- changed just a little bit. Yeah, it changed a little bit, and he took them. And and meanwhile, there was like other cartoons that you would hear, like John Biner. Do you know John Biner? Uh, he's in a, he was a comic, a comic actor, yeah, voiceover. Yeah. Remember, yeah, and he he did uh, the Ant and the Aardvark cartoon. Did you ever see the Ant and no, the Aardvark? Nobody I... remembers that. The Aardvark was uh, Jackie Mason. Oh. So and and the Ant was Dean Martin. And and so he would do the voice, but he did voiced voices. So you see, wait till I get my hands on that ant. I'm gonna eat him. It's gonna be the most unbelievable thing, you know. And you hear the ant was, uh, oh boy, I hope that oddball don't catch me. And it was Dean Martin. It was mm-hmm. him doing Dean Martin. So if you watch a lot of old cartoons, people are doing they're just oh, imitating imitating actors that they've heard or something, and it's close, like like Family Guy. You hear he's he. What's her name's doing? Uh, one of the the woman from the honeymooners, you know. Oh, uh, you mean the yeah. wife? The wife, the wife is, is doing on. is doing with Audrey Meadows. Alice, Alice. is that Audrey Meadows? She, yeah, no, no, yes, uh, no. Audrey Meadows. Uh, what's I, I don't know. Whoever it was, whoever it was. But <laughs> caller, the callers will call in angrily yeah. and say but there were you know, callers. They no, might Joyce call Randolph <laughs> was was uh, was so, her. Friend. Oh yeah, so the, and so, so it's it, so, so yeah, the, you were right. The wife and family guy is yeah, basically doing the honeymooners. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's so they're doing them. And he's kind of like, I'm trying to think. Like, I, I Peter Griffin. Yeah, Peter Griffin is somebody. Also, he's try. He's, he's sort of doing an impersonation of somebody. But it's like, oh yeah, yeah. You know, it's kind of like a New York guy. It's kind of like an Archie, but not an Archie Bunker, but uh, Jackie Gleason, but not really. And he's great though. He, he does a lot of those voices are very distinct, and I can't even tell if he's but doing you, but, somebody. But or, um, just to transition. Yeah. Um, you, your 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 vocal your vocal skills are not going to waste because you use them in your stand up act. Yeah, absolutely. You, you you do you know the the British the CNN yeah, yeah. reporter. <laughs> you do the pilot yeah. voice. Yes, I do those. I always find I always find that in my act. I always thought I was that was also I was so terrified when I first started in stand up. I thought okay, I'll write a bit that has a really funny voice that's in a weirdly funny situation, and I'll put some funny lines in it. So. The dumb people will just laugh at the funny voice, right? The <laughs> smart people will get the jokes. And if everybody's on board, so it, it will have something to appeal to everybody. So I always wrote very interesting. I wrote dumb vo- sounding characters or, or ritzy sounding characters who are saying dumb things and, and, and funny lines at, with a funny voice in a weird situation. So the CNN guy is, you know, doing a doorman strike, you know, like, like that, it, having that character do that or the, the pilot guy is a New York guy, you know, as a pilot going, how you doing, everybody? Uh, check your uh, freaking, you know, 
you know, uh, fill out your friggin' forms, uh, your, 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 your what, what is it called? Your customs forms, all right? Yeah, pull that shit out, because I got things to do. I don't have uh, all day here. You know what I'm <laughs> talking about? Like, I always thought it would be fun. I always thought it was funny that no one who who pilots an airplane ever has that accent. It's only the, the, the Midwestern. Good afternoon, everybody. This is your pilot speaking. Uh, we're, I, uh, I haven't just flying around. I, I don't hear as much of that. I think that yeah. was more... Uh, I, I think that's fading away a little bit. Well, thank you for debunking that. Uh, I know. I think that was that's the classic pilot. Yes, voice. that's the classic pilot. I, voice. I think it's yeah. a little bit less now. Yeah, no, I'm sure there's been more diversity also, yeah. and I'm sure people in Europe don't have. That. <laughs> but but I think uh, that. Uh, only, but but my sure. what I always hear them doing, just like sportscasters have a cadence and a rhythm, or and the announcers on the CNN thing. Uh, people laugh about that CNN bit that I came up with, and I didn't think they would ever laugh at the beginning. I thought they'd laugh at the end thing because it's the. But they laugh at the they laugh CNN at the setup because with, of the voices. Because could I, I, I? Because every CNN disaster story is the same, and I noticed this, and I just was like, "That's weird." I just did it on stage. I thought, "Well, I'll put him in a weird situation," but I didn't even have to do that. I just did the voice of the guy, a young child wanders the streets of a mud crack hillside, his tear stained face. <laughs> And the gunfire tells the story, for a tragedy has taken hold here that has crippled this once peaceful village. And, you know? then, and then and you take that, laughing. and then you take that, and you put into a, 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 yeah. a ridiculous situation. A ridi- I take that voice, but I do the voice, and I do the whole, and, and there's no jokes in that. That's the weird part. But they're laughing Anger, because of, of the recognition. Of factor. the recognition. Yeah. And Anger, they're laughing yeah. again when you do that same voice right. in a. In the in yeah. a, a stupid he's situation, covering, he's covering he's covering a, 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 a something a banal comedian that, and comedian boring. that bombed. Yeah, or some yes, a comedian that bombed here live. A man has gone down in flames. You know <laughs> his jokes <laughs> bombing horribly. The pain is excruciating. No one can really describe the carnage. I thought it was funny to put that guy with that gra- level of gravitas and serious right. stakes into a situation where there's nothing at stake and it's really dumb. And that's to me that's funny. And you know, then so. you go to the spectator. Who also yes, and then we because they always ask the guy, <laughs> they always find a guy they have to translate, and it, and and it's the same every time, and no one ever notices. And so I wrote a bit about it. I didn't think it would, the beginning part would get any laughs, but it was like uh, we sp- uh, you know we spoke to one eyewitness. And then they the, they always have that, the that translator same, voice. The translator, I don't I don't know what I will do. Things are very bad here now. We are. We were. This was once a peaceful place to live. But we and they have this soft voice. They always have this soft, and they're talking the without any voice. emphasis on anything. It's very interesting. And I hear stuff like that. I just pick up on stuff like that. So they got, you know, anger has turned that, to fear. That, by the way, just like uh, related but not perfectly related. Is yeah. That must be such a hard job to translate. While somebody is talking, <laughs> right? Because but, they're yeah. talking, you're yeah. translating. They're still talking. Mm-hmm. They ain't stopped talking. But you got to. I mean, that seems to me like that's a pretty gift. friggin' challenging. That's, that's, that's a that's a gift right there to do. And they and, and by the way, they're probably screwing it up. Of course, you know, and nobody knows. And, and, would, and you how would, would you I know? mean, you would know if you spoke the language. The guy speaking Swahili, you have no idea. <laughs> you don't. Know, you know what I mean? And and have no idea. Native what he's Swahili saying. phones. Would yeah, know. yeah, Swahili phones. So, um, I, I want to talk about my favorite joke of yours. I, uh, my well, it's my favorite. It's the one that I find most impressive. Okay. It's the joke about uh, what women want, what kind of man <laughs> yeah. women want. Yeah, thank you. And you talk about the contradictions yeah. that that uh, women seem to want things that are in contradiction with each other. Absolutely. Yeah. Like they want a, a man that's rugged and outdoorsy, but he loves children. That kind right. of thing. <laughs> I uh, did it on Letterman. It got me Letterman. So what do women want? Guys keep asking and women keep us guessing. And that's why whenever a man tries to figure out what a woman wants, he often looks like a cat chasing a laser pointer. You know? <laughs> yeah. Confused, disoriented, but strangely hopeful. <laughs> so the thing is, women seem to want contradictory things in a man. Women want a man who's ambitious. An achiever who's successful both professionally and financially, who's not materialistic. (laughs) Women want a man who is solid, steady, consistent, and reliable, who is fun, unpredictable, and spontaneous. (laughs) 
Women want a strong-willed, decisive man who takes a stand and doesn't waver, as long as he's flexible, open-minded, and can admit when he's wrong. <laughs> Women want a lot. Women want a realist who's romantic. A guy who's serious but playful. Who's confident but humble and horny but faithful. <laughs> Women want a man who is career driven but family oriented. Women also want a man who's smart, but not nerdy. Caring, but not needy. Affectionate, but not clingy. Protective, but not possessive. Emotional, but not neurotic. Funny, but not a clown. Dominant, but not domineering. And in control, but not controlling. No problem. Good to know. So take notes, guys, and remember, all we gotta be is strong, but sensitive, tough, but tender, masculine, but gentle, and manly, but vulnerable. Because apparently, what a woman wants is a gay football coach. That bit alone got me television exposure because I wrote this thing and I stayed up late at night with a thesaurus coming up with every possible, it, it, it's it, exhausting. It, it's, you should see the sheets of yeah. paper I have for all the ones that didn't make the cut. I was gonna put out a mug with them on it. Oh, I love it. Because he has all so these alliterative like things yeah. that women want that are yeah. contradictory and it goes on and on and yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's like, it has to be, it's like you can't, you can't, um, you can't really mess it up. You can't. No. It's got to be in the right order with yeah. the right words. Yeah. It's it, 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 confident, but not cocky. Yeah. You smart, know. but not nerdy. Uh, so I wouldn't go smart, but not nerdy. So <laughs> I can't remember. So uh, when I'm, it's so funny. I've done it for years. I get smart, but not nerdy. Caring, but not needy. Affectionate, but not clingy. Protective, but not possessive. Emotional, but not neurotic. Funny, but not a clown. Dominant, but not domineering. And in control, but not controlling. Right. Yeah. So. Which, one day I blurted it out at the comic strip. I was performing there and I was working it out. And one day I blurted that part out and it got in a titanic applause. What, the in break, control which, but not control? Yeah, yeah, which I didn't expect. And it got this mm -hmm. titanic. I, I, I knew I had something, but it's like you're writing a song and you go, okay, mm -hmm. this is really good, but I don't know. But it exploded in, in applause. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, okay, good. But there's like parts of that that I really like. That I, I when you do it when you do a line you have when you do a bit like that you have to have like levels that drop and then that come back up and then that you know there's a part in there where it's like that women also say they want a bit of a bad boy a man with an edge a little bit of mystery even a little hint of danger who loves kids right, right. that big build up single punchline then there's one where it's like women also say they want a, a sexy dynamic attractive charismatic guy who has that special sensual animal quality that drives women wild who's not a player okay <laughs> right like, yeah stuff like that right. where it's like this right this cascade of information and i I wrote, used to write like that because I always thought they'll just give me an applause just for the work I put in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and, like but it, deservedly so. Yeah. By the way. Right. Right. But but because I like I said, like yeah. you know, it's just it's it's a it's it's I don't have any jokes that that are like that. Wherein it's just you have to. It's it's so precise in terms of and it's long mm -hmm. and right. it has to be said with such precision. Right. Um. You know, and uh, no, you have to, uh, your your my jokes tend choices. to be small, yeah, short, yeah. Jokes. But your word choices are, you know, yeah. I put thought into the words, yeah. but they're short jokes, right? So I don't have to memorize five minutes of yeah that that kind of thing. It yeah. actually makes me feel so much better to know that you stay up all night <laughs> with a thesaurus yeah, doing absolutely. that. Absolutely, because I mean I've watched you so many times, and I'm never not in awe of like, oh. the linguistic. I mean I've said it more than once. I mean you're like a maestro, oh, so I'm glad to know you that she said it twice. Uh, well, no, but uh, see that's 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 funny because I get very tired of having to do that that bit was blood like spurring out <laughs> my like i it, it, it i stayed up it was torture like like i was sitting there uh, incrementally writing that thing and 
it really took a lot out of me in, in, in the sense of like, just kind of like, I wrote so many versions of it, so many versions, and I and it was just like, and I was like, I don't know how to do it. And one day at the strip, it, I blurted it out, and I luckily thing I taped it, and I was like, and there was one part where I think that, that really sealed it, which was... Um, and I knew I had the, I had the ending first, which was uh, women want a gay football coach, right? <laughs> right? Okay, what do women want? A gay football coach, You're like a macho guy who's sensitive. They want a gay football coach. I had the ending, and I had the beginning, and and yeah, and you had the premise, and, and the I had idea. the premise, and then I just had to work it, work it, work it. But there's a part. What's the one? There's a part. There, a guy, a smart, a guy who, uh, oh God, horny, but horny, but. Uh, uh, I can't remember. It's 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 the middle. It's the middle run. You, you don't remember when you kind of do it all. Yeah, yeah. When I do it out of sequence, it's yeah. like the the guy they they want a guy serious but playful, confident. You know, serious but playful. They want a guy they, things that don't mix. They want a guy who's they're serious but playful, who's horny but you know horny but. Oh, God, I can't remember. What the hell? Play it for me. I can't even remember. I'm embarrassed that I can't remember the bit now. Um, but that but. But there was like these these little parts where it, I broke it up into different sections. It's like a musical piece. It's like kind of like a song, and I put so much. Yeah, I did. It was exhausting that one. And there's I have three bits right now that are sitting on my shelf that are like really funny, but they require so much memorization. They're like that, right? And there's so much. P- people often ask me like, "How do you memorize?" Like I was up there, yeah, yeah, yeah. Minutes, How do you memorize it? And I'm like, "It's easy because I've been doing these jokes, right." Uh, you know, I, I I do the jokes over years, yeah. so it's easy to memorize. Right, but but my jokes are short. Yeah, your that joke. Yeah, the, what women want joke. Yeah, I had to be, drill would that. Would be difficult to. And, and what's funny? Here's a funny story. On Letterman, they cut one of the lines um, at the last minute. They cut it, and uh, they said uh, they don't want you to say a bit of a bad boy, a man, man with an edge, a little bit of mystery, even a little hint of danger, who loves kids. They didn't want that because they thought it was. I don't know, like he he's a bad guy who hits women and hits like, but he likes. Yeah, I don't know. It was at, and that was back then. And mm-hmm. they said uh, we don't want you to do that line, and that was grooved in, right? Mm-hmm. So, so if you uh, watch you the put, show, you take it out. It's they, hard to. It, you know, no one would notice, but I see it. There's a moment where I go to do it, uh-huh. <laughs> and then I pivot out of it, and it it's so minuscule, no one would ever notice. But for me, it's like you're in a, you're doing a song, and it's hard to not do the song. The way you've grooved it in, but I did it. I pulled it off, and you don't know. No one would ever notice it. The bit still works without it, and and I that was one of the things that I tried to write. But I was basically out of fear of not being good enough or something. I figured I'll throw so much information at the audience that if they don't laugh, at least they'll just applaud me because they'll be exhausted <laughs> from having that I did that much work on the bit, and that actually paid off in that regard. But I have a bit now where you know you go to. Um, I don't want to pivot here, but you go to. Uh, you go to like Dunkin' Donuts. I always get caught behind the person who's like catering a movie shoot. You know what I mean? <laughs> like like at Dunkin' Donuts, and they have an incredibly elaborate, complex order right ahead of me. Right. It's never the woman that's getting like a small decaf. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. With no black. You know, right. it's always the guy, the woman. It's like, okay, I want one, and it's I do a Long Island woman because this happened to me in Long Island <laughs> where a woman's like, I want, I want one of the. One, I want three tooth stevias and one splenda, and then in the one half, in the decaf, then I want the latte to have one equal and one stevia and one splenda, and then I want one without any sweetener at all, and can you put caramel syrup in the latte, but leave it out of the other one, and then I want a four... Uh, to- I want I want four hot chocolates, but I don't want any creamer in one. But put one creamer, uh, coconut milk in the two on the left, and then there's one with soy, and then I'd like another one with just milk if that's okay. But two uh, percent if you have, and then and it, it has all of these. I don't think I've heard that. Yeah, I, I haven't done it. Oh, I, I did. It. I've done it like a few times, but there's it's it's. It's an absolute list joke of just the most absurd, horrific order. So you haven't done it because you, have, you haven't memorized it, it yet? It has so much. It's, I, I, I've tried to do it, and if you fuck it up, it's, it's just like what women want in the sense that two stevias, one equal, and one, uh, one splendor. And then I want one with brown sugar, okay, and one without the brown sugar, but put one equal and three splendors in the one with this, the stevia. This also you know? by the, brings up a general point in stand-up yep. comedy, mm-hmm. just a more, as a general inside thing about stand-up, there are certain jokes that are, you know, uh, if a joke is very, very long mm-hmm. um, and it's not working, mm-hmm. you can't, you gotta, you gotta, you can't just 
abandoned. Like I have short jokes. If it yeah. doesn't work, boom, I go to the next right. joke. Uh, if you're doing, in the, if you're in the middle of what women want, and you don't, you're not sensing that it's working. What can you do? Can um, you, is there a way to get out of it earlier? You hit the eject button. I mean, my, most of the time, if a bit, I have a couple like that where I go. What I usually, <laughs> what I usually end up doing is just speeding up, mm-hmm. and then I, or I'll micro edit. Where like there's a couple of I do that pilot thing where the guy's like, yeah, can you look to the left of the plane? You you know you're gonna see the guy we threw out of the right side right side of the plane. You know. <laughs> I do this thing, and there's a couple times where that bit's not, but they're not biting mm-hmm. on it. So I'll just cut three of the lines and get to the punch. And I usually focus that the end joke better be killer, right? Like, like you have to have, especially in a long bit. If you have a long, the longer that plank is, you're walking. Like, like that end joke has to crush, you know. Like, like, and I always hired people like, you know, oh God, Mitch Hedberg. You know, he had these so artwork very, one-liners. But they I mean, were all very short. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's like I was so jealous. I was like, what the hell? I got to – my – the CNN bit, you know what I mean? It's nine hours long, well, and Mitch Hedberg – I mean, gets, you could you could do the one – you know, that's not your style. Yeah, exactly. You it's know, not my style. And I, I you know – I a lot of – now, Phil Hanley, I think, does a lot of one-liners. Like yes. As the new yeah. generation, mm-hmm. like, you know, that – and, and, and uh, – Dimitri Martin, right? Yeah. He's like mm-hmm. that, and Stephen Wright was mm-hmm. like that, right? Uh, but and uh, I think um, Ma- Mark Norman does he do one-liners? He doesn't yeah. really do one-liners. No, he does. No, he. Yeah, does, I compare yeah. the, I, No, he's br- not really technically a one-liner guy, but he. he to has, bring this all back to sure. skiing, yeah. Here's an analogy I have. I don't know if it makes any sense. Yeah. There's ski- the short jokes. Those are like your slalom skiers. Then there's your long jokes. That's like the downhill skiers. Yeah, yeah. It's just long downhill. Right. Now me, I'm giant slalom. Yeah. <laughs> I my jokes mm-hmm. are are not one liner. <laughs> right. But yeah. But it's not straight down the hill. It's. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and it's my, consistent- my jokes are like yeah. a couple of minutes each. Yes. And there's a consistent. Uh, if but anybody you- finds that analogy. Interesting. Let us know. Well, I would. You have also. No. You have like this uh, old school delivery that's very classic comedy. Like because you don't see the jokes coming. You're very committed to the joke. You have this new thing which I thought was really funny. Which I didn't. Uh, oh, your your sister. <laughs> What's the one about your sister? Uh, you know the one where uh, you got to talk to a girl who's been oh, with a lot of guys. Uh, yeah, I was talking about comparing <laughs> penis size. I don't know if these stereotypes about yeah. race and penis size are true. I'd have to. I'd have to ask okay, somebody now, that's now, seen a lot of Now stop, now stop yeah. right there. Now now right here, this yeah. is what I love about this bit is that you're you're ostensibly this is a dirty joke right here. Mm-hmm. Okay? Like like in terms of it appears to be a, a a dirty joke and it's you talking dirty in a way about penis size, so it's a little edgy. So the audience doesn't know where this is going, and so they're sort of captivated by just this. But the switcheroo at the end is the killer part because no one senses that. Like right. I didn't see it coming, right. and it's like it's like you're just talking about penis size. I guess I got to talk to finish. Well, I guess I need to talk to somebody that's seen a lot of different kinds, but me and my sister aren't speaking right now. So, that is such a perfectly worded punchline. It just comes out of nowhere, and you don't see it coming, and there's a, an innocent commitment that you have to the piece itself that you're just talking and you're just rambling about this thing that you're, that's bothering you, and then it turns out there's this dark twist at the end. He has uh, several jokes like that. Yeah, uh, that, that, neither of, that neither is of the my, style. Neither yeah. of my sisters, as far as I know, yeah. are... Uh, overly promiscuous, right? But it's it's the joke, right? And your and you, uh, my, your clar- cousin Sheila, I just want to clarify, my cousin Sheila yeah. coming over here. I just want to clarify that my act is not uh, about me. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of comedians are very personal, right? Um, also- I'm I'm not personal at all. Uh, everything that happened in my joke, you could bet, probably never really occurred in real life. It's the same setup and premise with the banana joke. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, it's not the same setup and premise. Well, I mean, it's the same thing that you never see that. What you think well, the I, joke... I, I hope you don't see it coming. The idea of a joke is that you don't see it coming. But see, but see when... So hopefully you don't see it coming. Right, but to, to write like that, mm-hmm. right, where, okay, what was the... Like, if I would say to you, like, the thing about me, why I wrote... CNN guy. I noticed the the broadcast. I used to mimic the broadcast all the time. Then I said, I want to write a bit about this because no one's talking about it. It just seems weird that the same guys are doing every CNN. A young child wanders the streets. And I wrote the cadence and rhythm of that guy with all the cliches that they do uh, very quickly. They would do a thing, which I didn't put in the act, but they would go, a child's toy, an abandoned bicycle, and and a flaming truck tire. Three things you would see in any town. But here... A, 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 
um, here harbinger of a war that has no end. You know, they 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 that, they, that, they would pick risk. three things in the frame. I don't know why. It just it happens all the time. You'll see it. It's a it's a formula. Okay. They go an abandoned bicycle, a pile of mud, and a young sh- and a child's shoe. These are innocent, an innocent tableau in any other place, but here, they are symbols of a war, a war that appears to have no end, right? Like, and, and it's this weird, <laughs> what the fuck did you just do? They, and they do it on every time, so I just wrote that. Now, you're back to you, you're doing the thing. Like, okay, so you got that banana thing. What was the genesis of that? Like, the like Banana the, joke? Yeah. Okay, so just, just to, re- <laughs> to recap, for those that don't know. Are you on the subway and Louis, you're eating Louis, a Louis, banana? Louis, what? Just, that joke has sort of become well-known because Louis C.K. quoted right, it on a yeah. podcast. The joke is my sex ed teacher, Mr. Morales, um, he he got fired. He was inappropriate. He came to class. He's a class today. I'm going to demonstrate how to put on a condom. That's why I have this banana with me because I can't get hard on an empty stomach. <laughs> That's the joke. Now, what's the genesis of that joke? The genesis of that joke, I'll tell you how that happened. Yeah. Trial and error. Okay. Um, you know, I used to have a joke years ago. Oh, um, I always thought sex ed was a, was a good topic for a joke. I figured there's got to be a joke in sex ed. There's got to be a joke in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. And years ago, I did a joke where, like, I raised my hand. I said, uh, teacher, how effective are condoms? And the teacher said, you're, well, you, you're not getting any anyway. Don't worry about it. So, you know, and that was okay. But it never crushed. It was never brilliant. It was never a joke that was going to stand out. Right. I said, there's got to be something funnier. Years later, I was thinking about it. And I said, there's got to I just kind of was. One day, I was like, you know, there's got to be something funnier about sex ed than that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I just started thinking, hmm, con, uh, all right, what do sex ed teachers do? They teach you to put on a condom. Literally, I'm literally going down the path not knowing where it's going to end. Okay, all right, condom, banana. Hmm, okay, the teacher is using a banana. I still don't know where it's going. Right, now, now. And then I say, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now, he, he, what if what if he's not, not bringing the banana in to put the condom on, but because he can't get hard on an empty stomach? I mean, I. <laughs> See, but I, I don't but even I prob- know where you get that punchline. That I still don't even understand it, and I laugh every time I hear it. And I go, wait, a minute, what does that even mean? Like, like the banana. I can- <laughs> There's something so recklessly funny about that, and I don't know why, but it's just so freaking funny. But the funny part about that joke is a million funny components of that joke, but that's funny. The punchline crushes right there. But that would be funny enough. But then the the it goes into another dark it goes into many other dark we go down a dark Dan Natter. But, but then I talk hole. about how like uh you know um yeah what did I say? I said well you remember how to put a condom on because you know you don't forget a, right. a teacher putting a condom on is rock hard cock, especially when you're the one that got him Okay hard. so <laughs> now so you have so you, no but you have you don't. You don't. Now, so there's two jokes there. Okay, yeah. you you got a punchline, a, a rock hard cock, a teacher putting a rock hard cock. So the audience is now, oh, that's funny. And then the coup de gras right at the end of that, which you're is especially one. when you're the guy that got him hard. Okay, so, and then I'll add, yeah. I yeah. was hoping for uh, right a class participation credit, but then he gets fired and it didn't transfer. Right, <laughs> <laughs> right. So there's a which is a kind of. Like, but those came naturally from the the hard sure. part was the hard not, part was which... getting the can't get hard on an empty stomach. The yeah. rest kind of came naturally. But right. to, to, as to how I wrote it, it was just trial and error. The same thing with my cousin Sheila joke mm-hmm. about how my cousin Sheila uh, I I by accident texted my cousin Sheila come over I'm horny mm-hmm. and then when I realized what I had done I apologized I said sorry that was meant for somebody else right. sorry you came all the way over here right. <laughs> Again, trial and error. I knew there was something funny right. about sending a text yes. to the wrong person. We've right. all done it, number uh, one. Everyone's done it. And sending it. So I had different. That's per- the best joke about sending the wrong text to somebody that I know, uh, especially your your salesmanship of the joke, because it's that Dan Natterman innocence uh, tinge with, with the Devilish. darkness. Devilish. Yeah. The, so, the, the, like, yeah. I had other versions where, like, oh, my aunt, you know, my like, I asked for a titty pick and then. You know, from my aunt by mistake, and it was not a pretty picture. Like, like, <laughs> right, yeah, right. Similar ideas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just going, just trying to figure out, oh, well, all right, maybe I could do better than that. Yeah. Um, okay, I, you know, I send it. To, so, what if I send my cousin come over? I'm horny, just mm. not right. knowing where it's going to lead. Yeah. And, was Mr. Morales. Uh, so, real? again, it's just. Uh, well, there's a Mr. Morales out there somewhere, perhaps. I, I, but you uh, mean, <laughs> but th- that's. Mr. Morales. Uh, no, no. My my ninth grade health teacher was a perfect gentleman who never molested anybody. 
At a Vietnam, no, but, uh, at a you Vietnam veteran. You were sitting in a computer. Were you on the subways? I don't remember where I. I okay. think when I wrote the banana joke, I think I was. I think. Yeah. I was walking to Central Park to do one of those outdoor stand-up New York shows. Got it. Got it. They were doing during the pandemic yeah, yeah, outside yeah. by the tree. Yes. Yes. Um, I did several. I think so. But the, I don't. I'm not sitting down writing. I'm yeah, yeah. wherever I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Um. I re- one recent joke that I wrote about the gym. I actually was at the gym. Right. Right. Um, and Is that the, the stalker one? That's the like, one where I'm at the yeah. gym and I say, they go, hey, you got here a bit later than normal. <laughs> uh, and you're not wearing that same. I like that outfit better than the one you were wearing. Well. Yeah, I see that. Uh, Once again, that, the, the, the next joke is funnier than but, the one But before. again, meeting women at the gym yeah. was always just an idea. I yeah. said, there's got to be something funny yeah. about meeting women at the gym. Yeah. Now, I had a joke originally where I said, oh, I tried to talk to a woman at the gym and she said, you know, leave me alone. I'm trying. Yeah. Uh, uh, and 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 what are you doing in the woman's locker room? Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's all right. Yeah, yeah. It got yeah. some laughs. Okay, yeah. But it wasn't killer. It wasn't that. But yeah. but so I said, there's got to be a better one. Right. There's got to be a better joke about yeah, the yeah. women at the gym. And you, and, and, and I eventually have, and by the way, years go by. Years go yes, by. Yeah. When I don't find it. Right. And somehow. And you shelve it. I just like that night. Some at the gym. I'm like, you know, like there's got to be another joke about meeting women right. at the gym. I'm well, seeing all these pretty women around, and I'm thinking. Yeah. Let me. What's another another joke I worked on for years is about how being an uncle is easier than being a parent. Right, right, right. Years went by right. before I figured out <laughs> the right punchline. Yeah, now now it's because you're writing like that's you tell people that like ah that took years to crack that you know what I mean like like and it's like well you see you know somebody uh, Chappelle coming out with a new really hour is- every every yeah. month a couple of months or something or some comedians putting out five CDs in in you know in five years and and then. You see the precision that goes into like a great joke like that, and you wonder like, is are comedians now different the way their minds are wired? Because we well, started- if you're talking about like real things, mm-hmm. then you can come up with more material faster. I think. Right. Yeah. I mean, how many? I, there's only so true. many Mr. Morales jokes and Cousin Sheila jokes. Yeah, that's true. That I can come up with. Right. 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 Um, mm-hmm. But if I'm just talking about you know Kanye, yeah, and. I, I th- and 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 saying things as they are. Yeah. When sometimes something is funny, I, I mean, one of my jokes is funny not because it's clever, mm-hmm. not because it's got uh, craft. It's crafted well, just because it's true. Right. The joke is when I say, you know, when after tr- Trump was in 2016, all these Americans were saying, if Trump gets elected, I'm moving to Canada, right. and then Trump gets elected, and they're like, I ain't fucking moving to Canada. Right. 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 And it gets a big laugh. Yeah. It's not clever. Right. It's not, there's no... It's just true, It's just yeah. true. It's current. It's, it's current. just true. Yeah. yeah, That's all it is, is true. Yeah. And, and if there's Canadians in the audience, it, it makes it more, it connects it more. So I was like, yeah, you Canadians, I know we kind of, you know, we said in 2016 and we're going to move and then you yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like, we have, we have, yeah. I'm going to fucking move there. Right. And, and because there's Canadians in the audience, it makes it a little funnier still. So, uh, but that joke required no effort to write. Right. Zero effort to write. Yeah. And it gets... Roughly the same laughs as a well, lot that, of the other. That, that's what's funny is that some some of the stuff I've written, like the, the what women want thing, I wanted to write. I did set out to write. I said, I you know, there's certain comics that have, like Gary Goldman has the you know the abbreviations of the states. Right, joke, that's which, a ten. You can't, you can't do a joke about that. Ever again, like he's he, that uh, he You're retired right. that, premise, that premise. You know what I mean? Like that that premise is. I don't know if anybody even tried that premise. N- n- no, I don't think anyone ever pre- did. Your premise, I think people have. Tried. Oh yeah, they have. And 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 so, but uh, and like I think uh, Brian Regan has this thing about the scoring in in tennis, which is so epic and it's great, and he nails every and he strip mines it of almost every possible angle you could do. And I just go, okay, he just retired that premise. No one's going to be able to write a that bit as, a, good as, as, that, as good as that, right? And so when I wrote What Women Want, I said, all right, I want to nail I want to hit that's my like roll you know oh. my free bird or something yeah I want to hit I want to hit it out of the park and nail every possible angle so that's what I sort of set out to do I go I want to retire this premise not to, there's no one that premise is too you know uh, lucrative you know and, and rich in possibility that I I Really, I'm going to retire it. But but what women want? Yeah, but people like, have alluded to that those contradictions, those things, those contradictions. But they yeah. haven't done a five minute. Yeah, yeah. It, it was symphony. Kind of, of it, was, it was kind of my magnum opus and what I wanted to say and to see if I can write a bit that from beginning to end has all these levels, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm just gonna like excavate every possible angle, and so that people will just go, okay. You can't. You'll that bit will be hard to top for you know, and and you can't do that with a lot of things, and and very rarely. I thought the CNN guy, no one's going to be able to do CNN a CNN bit like that. I, I think I nailed that, but 
that doesn't it's hard you know it's like i there's 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 not many times where i can go yeah i you know i got those two and i got a, a number of other jokes like oh i got a great joke about that or a great joke about that but it's hard to find a premise and and sometimes you just you want to like strick all the juice out of it and for those two experiences and those two premises i i feel like i i kind of did that not that you can't do a bit about it but it, i did it in in a really yeah, I think good, you, proud you, way you, that yeah, I, I think a way that i could be proud everything of everything yeah. out yeah. of it yeah yeah so that's that's like a fun uh, thing but doing long bits like that is hard and doing one liners i always like god i wish i but see i, I don't do long bits or one line yeah, that's why I I say, I'm a you're giant, in the middle ground. that's why i call yeah. it the giant slalom yeah yeah Ski, skiers may once again I say I don't know if that, that analogy makes perfect sense to me I don't know if anybody else anyway Absolutely. it does and, I and, get it and um, and we bring it all back to Gwyneth Paltrow and a ski accident yeah back to the ski uh, Gwyneth Paltrow uh, ski, um, and what else is in the news or whatever what do what do we do on well, the show well what uh, we well, typically what we do in Norm is here is we discuss where is Norm no Norm Norm is sick hmm? Norm is sick he's oh. ill he's ill at home and we're sorry that he couldn't be here I hey, know well, by the way. Um, no one bought the McDonald's around the corner. I don't know if you knew that. I heard you know about the McDonald's that. on Sixth Avenue and West Third. Yeah. So that's there's going to be more comedy. I know, I heard. It's going to be. It's going to be. Yeah. There's going to be. That's now. When did this happen? When did this? He come? like two weeks ago. I think he closed the deal. Wow. Like that it was very recent. That's awesome. I mean, he's been he's been like he put in a bid and whatever the process is. And I'm not a real estate person, but um, he got the you know I guess he put in the best bid or whatever. Or had, Whatever it is, he got the building. It's just a mall. This whole it's thing. Like, it's it a is mall like of a, it's like a, it's like the comedy like Fantastic. that. You know, like on Sixth Street, there's all the Indian restaurants. Yeah, yeah. So like here, this it's, is the this is gonna be the is, hub of this comedy. Is, this is like uh, you know that's fantastic. Uh, but it's all one owner. Yes. Yeah. Because Noam turns away X number of people every week. Right. I know. And those people end up going to other clubs. Right. So Noam said, "Well, why, why don't why don't I open up my club yeah. and get my own McDonald's, overflow?" Yes. And so the McDonald's is going to be. Now, who knew the McDonald's was not doing well here in that? No, that for some it, reason, was, for some reason, that, that McDonald's. I think it was very dangerous. There was it a lot was of criminality. Very, unbelievable. Yeah. And some, that's why, because usually McDonald's make a. Yeah, I usually I should say I normally I would tell Noam. Put the McDonald's back in there. Right. <laughs> you mean, I mean open that, a McDonald's? Yeah, that's another... right. Open a McDonald's. You want to make money, but right. for some reason that yeah. and 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 also he's not allowed, mm. according to the terms of the uh, sale, mm -hmm. to open up a fast food restaurant anyway. Oh, okay. The terms of the sale have some exclusions in right. it. Right. I don't know how these things work, but right. that's he's not allowed. Also, to open I have heard that um, many of the restaurants, many of the Indian restaurants on Sixth Street, share the same kitchen. I, that's, really? I think that is uh, what's known as an urban legend. <laughs> that's just like a joke where they say, "Oh, it's all one kitchen." Yeah, that's it's an old joke. I heard that mm -hmm. about Chinese restaurants too. It's all they all yeah. have one kitchen, and it's in McDonald's. Yeah, but <laughs> but Periel also believed last week. If, if, forgive me for bringing this up. No, no, no. By all means, bring it up. And I would like to tell you that I spoke to two other people that believed it, that thought it was true. Also, she, she thought that K Kentucky Fried Chicken changed its name to KFC because legally, what they were selling was not chicken. <laughs> <laughs> um. And Noam lost no, his Noam mind. laced in her in a, oh. in a way that I couldn't duplicate. Is, so is she mixing up she, the Subway story that they found out that it wasn't real meat? That Subway. Did you hear about that? Wait no. A oh. They went to Subway sandwich right, uh, places, yeah. and they did like DNA tests on some of. The <laughs> this is true. I mean, they talked uh, like, and for some weird reason, DNA. They said that like the tuna isn't tuna. That there's no tuna in well, the they tuna. Yeah. They don't know what it is. Well, it's uh, <laughs> it's a fish of some sort. Well, I don't even know if it's if well, it's of I, this planet. Are you, I don't are know you, what is, it, is this another urban legend? No, this is absolutely true. They said they did a thing. It was all over the news for a while. It's not. I didn't see. I, for instance, I didn't read that. KFC. I never heard that story, but did you do a subway? Are you doing no, I did I did the chicken one and you know, you guys make me sound like I'm a moron, but the truth is is that Well, well no, no one made you sound that, like you were a moron. That, there, it was real a popular theory is well, popular, that, a lot of popular theories. The popular theory is that the earth is flat is a popular theory. <laughs> you know. Uh, wait, a lot of popular theories popular theories that the government blew up the World Trade Center. Right. I mean there are a lot of popular theories out there that don't hold a whole lot of water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, no, there's a thing about Subway sandwich uh, places that, the, what? that they, they, they look it up. I okay. don't, I, I don't know. I'm not bad at this, but there was something about, there's no actual meat in some of the meat. It's not real no. meat. They didn't well, know what that, it was. That sounds to me like it's possibly another KFC story that's not really true, but I, I don't know. So, okay. Subway sandwich. I'm looking it up. 
No meat. Does Subway have fake meat? All right, hold on. This guy does everything. You'll need to order. There's no meat. Okay. I While you're looking that up, um, I remember also that there was something about Oh, yeah, here we go. There's, there's a tuna controversy. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go okay. ahead. Go there's ahead. a tuna, tuna controversy at, uh, you know, Subway commits to more vegan options after tuna controversy. To vi- In the wake of the recent no tuna controversy, plant-based options might say that, 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 saying with more than 40,000 selling a mixture of various concoctions in its popular tuna sandwiches. They sued them, alleged that the hero ingredient wasn't what it was being marketed as, but was instead made from anything but tuna. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's this is a good premise. Yeah. There's, it's, they, but it was fi- it's fiber well, here's, glass. Here's, okay. I have, Ew. This is from NPR. A U.S. judge rules that Subway can be sued over its 100% tuna claim. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was probably other fish. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it was probably other fish. Okay. Okay. Um, and the Taco Bell fiasco? Well, I don't know anything about that. Was it the Chihuahua that the people were eating? No, the, they put um, something that makes you have, like, go to the bathroom in their meat because they were using meat that was, like, on the verge of being bad, so they oh, wanted you to shit it out. Right. That, that, might, that might well be. That, that scans. Be. Anyway. That, <laughs> checks out. That makes total, that totally checked out. <laughs> You've we, redeemed yourself on the KFC thing with right. that one because that is absolutely believable. Right. We uh, we are about ready to wrap up our oh, hour. All right. Um, and we do this was a re- if you're into comedy, I think this was the episode <laughs> for you because m- most of the episodes are political in nature because yes. that's Noam's thing. He loves politics. Yeah. And um, I was thinking we would. I thought we were going to go down the Noam's rabbit no, hole. Noam's not here, so no, I, and not- I'm not qualified to really. To, to get into heavy topics. I don't know about that, Dan. You're very opinionated off the air. You're right. But yeah. <laughs> but it was I an opportunity to it was an opportunity to dissect uh, the comedic the comedy art a little bit. And yeah. so we, we took advantage of that. We took we took and, the ride. And on Brian, I, I guess people can find you on all the social media yeah, platforms. Are, yeah, you, are you big on the social media? I'm I'm terrible on social I'm awful on social. I want people to get off of social media after they follow me on social media. I want <laughs> to you you, yeah, you yeah. made a big stink about how people are saying, you know Oh yeah. <laughs> Yes. I love that. Yeah, because that's one of another new. I love the news. I have this obsession with news stories and news. Of, uh, Some people work. don't like it. That's yeah. They, 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 whenever you see a headline that says, you know, Cancer is cured, but not everyone is happy. But some are not happy. And and I always want to pull my hair out because the word some is so vague. And then you go and you read the story and it's two two guys. Okay. (laughs) One of them has four followers and another is like a picture of a yam. Okay. (laughs) That's like a bot from like Sri Lanka or something. But they were like, ah, screw, you know, the cure for cancer. And there you go. And now we have controversy. We can't have nice things on social media. God forbid there's harmony in the social fabric. That's the thing I hate most about social media is like, but some are not happy. Like, Yes, people are happy. There are things in the world that are good. And, and just stop it. Stop saying everything sucks. Anyway, sorry. Okay, thank you, Brian. <laughs> we um, we thank you. And look for Brian Scott McFadden. He'll be at, I believe I saw you at a, a club this yes, week. Yes, I will be at the Sandman Comedy Club in, uh, in uh, Richmond, Virginia, Thursday, that tomorrow uh, through uh, Saturday. Uh, and you can uh, catch me there. It's a Sandman Comedy Club in Richmond, Virginia. Go, go uh, Google that. And you can find me on social media, Brian Scott McFadden, B. Scott McFadden Comedian, I think, on uh, on Instagram. Or just Google me, Brian Scott McFadden on Twitter, Brian Scott McFadden on Instagram. Uh, I don't. I think I'm on TikTok, but I'm not sure. I think that I've been, I don't know. Who knows? Well, pod- I was. I can't. Yeah. You'll find him. Podcast yeah. at ComedySeller.com for yeah. comments, suggestions, and questions. Peril Ashenbrand, thank you. And thank you, Nicole Lyons. Everybody, see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.